what's up guys how are you i hope everybody is doing well i do an intro from time to time for my episodes and this is one episode that i think we really did we i did need to do an intro just kind of explaining and i did say a little bit you know i kind of went into it a little bit in the beginning of the episode but i watched genius the limited series on netflix about kanye west and his life and you know about his rise in music and if you've watched it and you are on social media in any capacity i know you probably have seen at least one or a few posts about his mom and just how close they were and how amazing she was at encouraging him and supporting him and she just really embraced who he was and didn't try to change him although she's an academic she is a person that she was a doctor she was a professor that wasn't what he wanted to do and so I just loved watching how she knew his songs and she would rap along with him and she was always smiling and everybody felt the love from her I loved watching it but I saw so many people online specifically in a lot of the mother-daughter groups I'm in complaining about the fact that they didn't have that kind of mom and that's why their lives are the way they are that's why I never finished college that's why I still live at home with her because I can't get a good job that's why I have failed relationship after failed relationship I was so disgusted I was so disgusted If I had a mom like her, you know, I wouldn't be working a dead end job, struggling to go to community college. My mother did this and or she didn't do that. And it's her fault. And y'all are grown. Like I was disgusted because I, I understand that people who had traumatic childhoods, right? You have to struggle and work through some things. No one has the same stuff, but you can still accomplish your goals. It may be harder. Your journey looks a little bit different. It may be longer, maybe shorter. I don't know, but you can still accomplish it. No one's looking at how much he's accomplished since his mom. You know, he he struggles. We know mentally. We know that if you don't know, wake up. And he changed after she passed. But people that use excuses and blame like a person for why they didn't get to go to college and they're 33, you know, 40, you're not the type of person that would have even been able to do anything if you had Donda for a mom. I just don't have it in me to feel bad for people like that I I just was disgusted and I had to talk about it and so on this episode I intro the idea behind the episode and then you know I'll go into some things that I've been through that I've never shared I, I really was transparent with a lot of things because I want you to understand that when I say you can still do what you want to do I want you to know a snippet of the things that have happened to me and how I decided a long time ago not to let it hold me back. 
So that's where this episode comes from. That's the inspiration. My goal is not to be judgmental or offensive, but you know, everybody's not going to like it. Everybody is not going to like this episode because some people want to have someone or something to blame. They do not want to look in the mirror and say that their life um, and what they want in their life, it has everything to do with them and nothing to do with anyone else. So those people won't like it. And honestly, this is one of those episodes where I'm just going to tell you that you're just not going to like it. I'm sorry. This is meant to show and encourage. You can do whatever you want. Don't give your mother that power over you. I would dare not let someone else be the blame or say that they're the blame for something I can't do. That means they control my life. That's a no ma'am. That's a no sir. So that's the motivation behind this episode. And I just wanted to share. I hope you guys really enjoy it. Hey guys, and thanks for stopping by the Unmother and Unbothered podcast. Unpopular opinions on mother-daughter relationships for the woman looking to go from unmothered to unbothered. I am Precious Detina, childhood trauma survivor and generational curse breaker that decided to release the anger and resentment I had towards my mother through forgiveness so that I could heal old wounds and live a thriving life. I am here to stand in the gap and affirm the feelings of women that feel alone and are made to feel guilty when discussing toxic mother-daughter relationships. As your host, I share stories and actionable steps to help you go from trauma to triumph. This is the Unmother and Unbothered podcast. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Unmother and Unbothered. Today, I want to talk about the limited series on Netflix called Genius. You know, after watching that series, I, I really loved it. But after watching it, I really, really understood how much Donda West, Kanye's mom, meant to him and why her death really impacted him like it did. She was his number one fan. She knew his songs word for word. She supported him. She built him up. She embraced who he was by nurturing his talent. I loved every second of it and I could not stop smiling. And although I have never experienced that, I did not envy Kanye. I was happy for him. I knew that I want to be that kind of mother, even though I did not have that kind of mother. And then I got online and I began to see people blaming their failures and their shortcomings on not having a mother like Donda. I, I mean, I saw one woman actually say like, you know, I couldn't finish uh, watching it because all I could think about was what I could have been, but my mom was toxic. Or I look at my life now and I blame my mama. I hate it here. I, I just was a little bit disgusted. Not even a little. I was very disgusted by it. I couldn't believe that these grown adults were using their mothers as an excuse to not succeed. I don't know about y'all, but no one can, no one can stop me from doing whatever I want to do. No one. I refuse to feel sorry for myself or place blame. You know, we got to toughen up. We got to learn to play the hand that we're dealt, especially 
if you are an adult now. You have no excuse. There will be remnants of childhood trauma because it does leave an impact. No one is saying that you should escape unscathed, that you will escape unscathed. No one is saying it won't be hard. No one is saying that you won't fail a few times. But what I'm asking is why let it stop you? How long are you going to wallow in self-pity? Enough is enough at some point. You know, people that feel like they coulda, shoulda, woulda, but someone else did it. They always have an excuse and they will always look to blame somebody else for their life. So I took a minute and I just stopped and I thought about, you know, is this too harsh? Am I being judgmental? And I'm sorry, but I just, I don't think so. You can't tell me that as an adult, you feel like you have a right to blame your entire life, including now, and the result of it on your mother. I'm sorry. And I do have room to talk. Let's, let's, let me just, let me just tell you a little bit about some things that I have overcome. I didn't have my mother or my father in my life for the first 15 years of my life. I used to move from family member to family member. I always felt like a guest in their home. I never felt at home except for my grandmother when I lived there. I mean, I have memories of my mom being a drug addict. And the worst time for me was the five years that I lived with a cousin. She used to use me to be the babysitter of her three kids. They were all under the age of five years old. She did not buy me clothing. She didn't buy me toiletries. She never worried about shoes, my hair. She would lock the pantry. There was a pantry that had like a little, um, just not a deadbolt, but the knob had a lock and a key. She would lock it so that she could kind of monitor what I ate. Um, the check that she got from the state of New York for me living with her, she used it for herself. She never bought me anything. There were times when her husband at the time would sneak and give me money because he felt bad for me and he didn't want to cause an argument with her. So he would sneak in $20 or $40 to try to help me because he knew it wasn't really right. So I remember her lying to other family members telling them that I was sleeping with her husband. I was 13, 14 years old. She just wanted to be able to paint up me in a negative light to them so that if I ever went to them, they wouldn't believe me. There were times when I had to wash my clothes in the bathtub with a bar soap. I would have to drape them around the house in order to dry. She never, ever took me to the doctor. It doesn't matter. I had eczema really, really bad Re around my eyes, in my elbow creases, behind my knees. She never took me to the doctor. I remember a teacher. She was my math teacher. I remember she bought me some skincare stuff and it wasn't going to, of course, help because it wasn't medicine. But she just didn't know what to do. I remember that. I used to go into the grocery store up the street and I would go into the bathroom and I would steal the feminine products that they had at that grocery store in the bathroom because that was the only way that I would get any because when I first started my cycle my cousin taught me how to roll up a sock to use it for a pad she didn't care anything about buying me any type of feminine products and she got a check for me and she was a woman which meant she had some herself 
sometimes, well, not often, I spent time at friends' houses because it was comfortable. I was able to eat. No one ever stopped me from eating. There was heat. um, And I just felt safe in a lot of those homes. My cousin, she used to, um, I worked as a camp counselor once, maybe twice, but I was always in some type of little program. And I remember she took, she would take my checks. She would, cause I didn't have an account or anything. <clears throat> I got my working papers at 14. So she was, oh, I'll cash it for you. And you know, and I knew how to count. I knew how to add up what I bought, never added up to her saying, you don't have any more money. She would keep most of the money. I also remember she sent me, this was horrible. This is a horrible memory for me. I went on a field trip one summer to Baltimore from New York to Baltimore, she gave me $2. I couldn't even buy lunch. The teacher had to split her sub in half to give it to me. That was so embarrassing on the bus in front of everybody. Everybody's eating. She asked me, did I have any foot, anything to eat? Did you have money? Um, and I didn't. And she had to split it and then pass it down. Like it was embarrassing. You know, <clears throat> a lot of times I try to look for the kids like that now that I'm a teacher and make sure I catch them before time, make sure they get something to eat and make sure I slide them some money or something like that. But she did. She sent me to Baltimore with $2. Um, one of the most traumatizing experiences I ever been through was when her husband held us hostage with a knife. Me, her, her three kids, he would not let us leave. The knife was big. He was screaming, yelling, crying, and she was terrified I kept telling her, look, we can take this nigga. I will hit him with this frying pan. I was like 14. I was like, I'll hit him with a frying pan. You, you know, throw hot water on him. Like, what are we doing? Like, and so I finally got fed up and I just ran down the um, basement steps out the garage and called 911. I knew even then I'm like, I'm not scared. Of like, we can't do this. But that was a scary, scary situation. And this one, too. So I remember... I had a friend who had an older cousin. He drove this really nice car. And whenever like all of the friends was around, we would be like, man, he is just, he's so cute. He da 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 da. Um, and some of them might have said stuff they probably shouldn't have said. But for the most part, nobody said anything to him. We kind of just talked amongst ourselves. I've never been the fast quote-unquote type anyway I just kind of was worried about other things I didn't really have time to be doing all that but I remember one day I went to my friend's house looking for her knocked on the door and I knew his his car was there but I was by myself I thought she was in the house and he was like yeah she here she in the back you can come in so I went in I walked toward the back she wasn't in there long story short this man cornered me and had I not told him um, their grandmother was upstairs and she was sick so she never left the house but she was in her right mind if I didn't pick up a lamp and tell him I was gonna scream I probably would have been raped probably would have been raped he let me go and I end up telling another family member about it it wasn't even right then um, the sad part is I didn't tell anybody I wouldn't have told my cousin because I just knew she didn't give a damn. But I didn't think to tell anybody else because I didn't necessarily know that it was wrong because he didn't do anything because I was able to get away. So it bothered me, but I didn't know how I would be viewed. So I didn't say anything. 
until a while, you know, a couple of weeks later, I told another family member and she took me to the police station and they called my cousin and I heard her coming down the hallway. I'm just so emotional. This is a lot going on for me. And she comes in yelling at me. Why would you not tell me? Why did you do this? And then looks at the other family member and why didn't you call me? You have no right to do this. And so she takes them to the side and I'm listening to her tell them that I'm a pathological liar, that I lie all the time, I steal, you know. And so I'm just telling y'all she's getting y'all caught up in something, you know, and she's not telling the truth. Those police officers went from being so nice and accommodating to like looking at me like you can go. It was the worst experience. I can't imagine if something had happened to me. I can't imagine if if he actually accomplished what whatever he was trying to do, because I I don't know what I would have done if she would have lied. And I know that something happened. So I really feel for women and men that go through these things and no one believes them. When we left, she to today, she still has not asked me what happened. She did not care. But I will tell you what did happen when we got back to the house. This lady that used to babysit for her and her husband were there, was there. Now, he was her husband, but he was not around like that. Um, he was from the Bronx and he kind of still stayed in the Bronx. He only came back there every now and then to Westchester. But when we got back, both him and Sankey, the uh, babysitter, was like, what happened? And she tried to downplay it. She said this and she and da 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 da. And so Sankey and Tyrone was like, um, what happened? No, we want to hear what happened. And I told them what happened. And her husband, he had a lot of shortcomings. Tyrone did. He he did. But I will say he went, he he got on the phone, had me call my my friend and get his number and he called him and he made him come over to the house and he told him never in your life look at her don't don't say nothing to her you need to be careful about even coming back over here to visit your family i i i believe what she's saying don't play that we're not doing that he scared him so bad i don't i ain't see him no more I really didn't. He, he, you were okay. No problem. All right, cool. He got in his car and he left. And I don't ever remember seeing him. And I was there at least another year or so. And that upset Kiwana. Kiwana was mad. She was upset. But him and Sankey was like, you can't blow that up. You know, you, you can't blow it off. That's not what you can do. But that's just how like low down she was. She was, she just wasn't a good person. So when she finally got tired of me, after five years of living with her, living in hell, she moved out of the, the house we lived in, which was a, a, her, their home. Her mom, my aunt, had purchased that. She moved out and abandoned it because it was in such poor condition. By, the by this time, it was infested with rats and fleas in the carpet. She had some cats in the basement that she had gotten because we had mice so bad at one point but they took over the mice did and the cats was just in the basement she never even tried to feed them and they had so many fleas the whole carpet was full she moved out and left me in the house she just left me there she claimed that she was just visiting her in-laws in the bronx uh but in 
all actuality and in reality, she had moved to a new apartment. So I was 15 at the time. She left me with no food, no money, no hot water um, and just no supervision. And it was in the wintertime. I was 15 years old. I finally left. I was there maybe a week by myself. And then I finally left and went and stayed with a friend for a week. And then the friend's mother called and talked to her and she asked her to let me stay another week. And at some point I just said, look, just send me to Alabama just because she would threaten that because my mother was in Alabama and she knew that my memories of her were all very, very um, traumatic. And I never, ever wanted to go to, to anywhere near my mom. I never wanted to live with her. And she would threaten me with that and hold it over my head. And I just got tired. And I said, you know what? You can just send me because it can't get any worse than this. Like, just go ahead and send me. So she asked my friend's mother, just let her stay with you for another week. You know, to this day, I I don't re- I didn't hear what she told my friend's mom. I don't know if my friend's mother believed anything she said because I know she didn't tell the truth I did get a chance years later uh oof probably probably 10 to 12 years later when I went back to New York on business I did have a chance to speak to her, her mom and I did thank her and she told me that she was sorry. You know, she you went through a lot. I didn't understand it, but I, I'm really sorry. And I really appreciated that. But I, to me, it was nothing to apologize for. She let me stay with her daughter for two weeks in her house. And Kiwana didn't give her a dime. So after the two weeks, she Kiwana picked me up and took me. I knew I was going down south, but I thought I was getting on a plane. Nope. She took me to a Greyhound bus station and put me on a bus um 16 with I don't know how many bags six seven bags I don't know on a Greyhound from New York to Alabama yep that's what she did I mean I lived a complete nightmare that's just like a five that's five years of my childhood just five and it was it was it was the worst it was the worst time it was terrible But during those five years, I didn't hear from my mother at all. Never heard from her. Didn't know where my mother was. You know, my father was still hiding the fact that I even existed. That's another story. My grandmother was terminally ill. So I never told her the truth about what was going on. Um, My brother, Jerome, he was already in prison. He went to prison when I was 12 and my oldest brother, he never really cared, never really gave a damn. But God took care of me because who puts a child, a teenager on the Greyhound bus to Alabama? She called my aunts, the same ones that she had lied um, to about me. And they picked me up. And, you know, the rest is kind of history. I, I would I would go in. Basically, I don't want to go into it because that's a good another story. But my mother lived in Alabama, like I said, in Birmingham. She didn't know I was coming. And my aunts picked me up from the bus station and took me to my mom's job. And they were like, yeah, she's in there. She knows, you know, that you're here. Um, Just go ahead and, and whatever. So they waited in the car. I went in. They went and got my mother. My mother hit the floor like she was shocked. She did not know that I was coming. My mother did not know. When we went back outside, my aunts had put my bags on the curb and left. 
see people when people do things like that to you now I wasn't a, a child I wasn't a baby but even if I was younger I would have remembered that people don't they feel like you're just supposed to forget stuff like that you know all of my mom's sisters and brothers are deceased now she's the only one left but you know my aunt one of the ones who participated in leaving me and leaving my bags there in the curb she said to me one day you know I don't remember who told her it might have been my mother was saying you know that um precious she she has some anger towards you she has some this that I was I was in I was probably 19 or 20 and she called and she said I, I haven't done anything to you you know I, I I let you come stay with me and I said it is it's nothing it's okay it's fine because at that point you know the things that people did to hurt me and harm me those weapons formed they didn't prosper and I just wasn't even going to go into that with her I know that she probably thinks that what she did was for the good, but they didn't have a clue the mind state that my mother was in. They didn't know where my mother was living, how she was living. They knew her history and they just dropped me off on the curb. It was terrible. I didn't appreciate it. You know, over the course of my childhood, I was betrayed, abandoned by a lot of people. But I never once used that as an excuse to accept mediocrity. I never played the blame game. I have never allowed um, those people to have control over my life. They don't run nothing over here. They just can't control me. They don't run it. I'm in control of my own life and they can't stop my shine. They can't stop what I'm going to do with my life. I, they, they threw bricks. I took the bricks and started to build the future that I wanted. That's the way that you have to be weapons formed they didn't prosper and they're not going to i often felt unloved unseen you know forgotten about i was very insecure self-conscious i thought that something was wrong with me like i was the problem i didn't trust people i was angry i was confused and full of resentment and i was just to my core i was just really heartbroken i knew i didn't deserve it i knew that i was the child i knew that i was brought here i didn't ask to be here and i knew somewhere deep down that i just didn't deserve the treatment i got and i would say that i didn't deserve it i, I remember having a conversation with my cousin kiwana telling her you never tell me thank you when i stay here with your kids when i walk to the grocery store you never say thank you and i can remember saying that to her and i was crying my voice was shaking but i said what i had to say because you have to speak your truth even if your voice shakes i knew i did not deserve it somewhere underneath i knew that i was being mistreated and I also knew that my future would look differently. I refuse to repeat cycles. I refuse to allow where I have been to dictate where I'm going in life. I'm not going to use the fact that my mother was addicted to drugs. She was an alcoholic. Um, the fact that my dad didn't go and in, in go publicly and tell anybody he had a daughter until I, I was what sixteen. I'm not going to use the fact that my cousin didn't treat me like a human being, that she took money from me, didn't feed me like she was supposed to. I did not. I have never placed blame. I just did what I had to do. I put my big girl panties on and I've done what I had to do and I will continue to do that. No, you know, I, I, I didn't have a Donda West in my life, but when I have a child, my child my child will have a Donda West.
it's all good okay guys that was another episode um listen if you enjoyed that please rate and review on itunes i would really appreciate it it would help to make my show more visible and we know i just want to help more and more and more people if you want to drop me a line if you would like to be a guest if you know someone who would like to be a guest or if you just have something you want me to know email me at unmothered and unbothered at gmail.com you can find me on instagram at unmothered unbothered podcast on Facebook at the Unmothered and Unbothered Podcast and on Twitter at Podcast Presh, P-R-E-S-H. I also have a website, just some stuff about me, a little background info, you know what I'm saying? At PreciousDetina.com, D-E-T-I-N-A. No spaces, no underscores, all together. All right, I hope you check back in with me soon.